Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Could just be me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined today by staff writer Josh Clark. Hi, Candace. How's it going? Oh, well, it's been raining today. It has been. It has been. Uh, luckily, it's not raining so much that uh, anything's going to flood, as the Midwest has been seeing this whole summer, huh? Indeed. There's been a lot of flooding out there, although um, nothing that, that comes even close to uh, the stories of the Great Flood. Yeah, and, and great it was. Um Scientists today have surmised that in order for the world to flood as much as it reputedly did during the Great Flood, there would have to be five times the amount of water in the oceans and the atmosphere to fill up the world to the tops of mountains. I know you're talking about also that much water present in the atmosphere uh, would would, uh, change the pressure so much that people's lungs would be totally crushed. Oh, before you even drowned. Right. So it'd just be a bad day all around for everybody, right? Unless you were Noah. Right. And, and and Noah, uh, of course, is uh, known to fans of the Bible as the guy who built an ark and uh, basically saved uh, a pair of every animal he could get his hands on, a breeding pair ostensibly. Um, the thing is, is Noah, the, well, the biblical version of uh, this great flood isn't the only account. Did you know that there are cultures throughout the world that have stories of a great flood that took place? Uh, yes, I did know that, actually. And the great flood stories throughout Christianity and Islam and Judaism all share some pretty similar elements, namely a man, his wife, 
a boat and pairs of animals. Well, there, there's also other variations around it. Um, you know, there's uh, people as disparate as uh, the Ottawa tribe in North America, the Zhuang people in China, uh, the uh, Maasai in East Africa all have tales of flood stories, and there are some commonalities among those, too. Uh, most of the time, there's usually uh, at least one human uh, who has either angered the gods or has been warned by the gods that a big flood's coming, and usually either in concert with animals or in rescue of animals, uh, grabs a, a bunch of different species and uh, basically either rediscovers or recreates the world or rides out the flood and lands, you know, somewhere like on a mountain or that kind of thing, and the world's repopulated, right? So don't you find it kind of odd that there's all these different stories from all these cultures around the world of a great flood? Um, do you? Do I find it odd? <laughs> yeah, do you find it odd? I mean, think about it. Like, that's really weird. Uh, they're, they're, we, we just entered the age of uh, artificially, tech- technologically enabled communication, uh, what, within the last hundred or so years. So how would these stories have spread with people living so far flung around the globe? I don't really think it's odd at all. I think that any sort of history like that has been passed down for millions of years sometimes through oral storytelling. Right. And so these stories just, you know, they continue to gain traction and import as they go throughout different generations. And I think that in different parts of the world, perhaps it's more of an um, environmental phenomenon. In other parts of the world, it's more of a spiritual phenomenon. And people assign, you know, spiritual or environmental values to what these stories mean to them. I think that maybe um, the Ottawa tribe, for instance, I was reading that story earlier mm-hmm. today myself. I think that that would speak more highly to the fact that this is why, you know, the population sprang up here in this part of the world. Right. Whereas I think that in Christian or Jewish or Islamic traditions, it would be more about, you know, this is how we came to be descendant from this group of, of people. Right. These are our leaders. Well, it's funny that the uh, that you bring up the Ottawa uh, believing in um, migration or for, or flood forced migration because there's actually um, scientists who theorize that there was a flood and that it did force migration, that um, the, there was a an ice cap that melted in Greenland causing massive flooding and basically taking uh, humanity and spreading it out from uh, this centralized area to, you know, Europe and elsewhere, which would also account for why there would be oral traditions of, of floods in different cultures around the world. You know, it could have taken place at a time when people were living in a relatively small area. The flood happens. Everybody's kind of scattered throughout the world and, and form their own cultures. But that one tradition remains. The thing about the uh, ice cap melting uh, is somewhat poignant today. What with climate change and our own ice caps undergoing a, a nice quick melt and you find that a little uh, titillating? You better keep on the straight and narrow, Mr. Clark. <laughs> I, I, yes, I'm melting the ice caps with my pure evil. Right. Well, if you're looking at some of the stories that have more of a religious resonance to them, we know from the Quran and from the Bible that the earth was made to flood on purpose. Apparently, this was something that the hand of God constructed in order to wash away the sins of the world, and yeah. he chose only the most righteous to survive it. And I think that any time, especially in our modern era where or in which empirical evidence speaks volumes louder sometimes than mm-hmm. faith most and spiritual decided. elements, people are going to doubt that something like that happened, and that certainly is the case with the Great Flood. 
Well, it, the, there does seem to be some evidence of it. At the very least, the theories are pretty sticky. They, they seem reasonable. But if you start to look into uh, the fact that Noah pops up in, in different religious texts, and even further back than that with the Sumerians and the Babylonians, um, that kind of lends a little credence to the existence of some guy with a boat. When you get down to the brass tacks, apparently the, the uh, boat that Noah built was, you know, an acre in size. Yeah, according um, to the book of Genesis, it was 300 cubits long, 50 wide, and 30 tall. Which is enormous. It is. It's like, that's an acre. And, and I mean, in this day and age, it's, it's tough to imagine. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, in this day and age, it's kind of easy <laughs> to imagine a boat that size. But we're talking that this would have been built with wood. Right. And some people argue that there wasn't even shipbuilding technology at that time that would have existed to help Noah guide his efforts. Well, let me ask you this then. I mean, is, is Noah and his, you know, 300 cubit boat fact or fiction? Is there evidence to support it one way or the other? Well, that's a tough question to answer. So I, I'm i going to say it's a little bit fact, it's a little bit fiction that this Noah character existed and that mm-hmm. his ark did too. Um, you mentioned the Sumerians and the Epic of Gilgamesh. We, we read about a Noah-type character who builds a boat mm-hmm. to survive a great flood. And then in Quran, we read about a similar Noah-type character who builds this boat. In the Bible, we read about a Noah-type character and his boat. But where's the boat? Well, some people say that wood, being an organic compound, would have decomposed by this sure. time. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. But people ask, if the waters of the world rose to the tops of the highest mountains, the ark would have settled somewhere. So where is this boat? Well, scholars have proposed, based on the answers given in the Bible, it would have been either Mount Judai or Mount Ararat. And when they investigated these sites, they found a rock formation that looked like perhaps it could have been the petrified wood of a boat. Mm-hmm. But then people dismissed that theory. On another mountaintop, they found a very dark spot within what appeared to be some sort of glacial formation. And right. the CIA actually had photos of this that they kept under wraps for a while. Yeah, they uh, they had a satellite photo, and they circled <laughs> it and labeled it the Ararat Anomaly and just filed it away secretly. Yeah, and then there was a bit of legislation came out that caused it to be released to the public and people looked at it and some people said, well, yeah, that could very well be an arc. And then others said, no, because with glacial formations, ice would have pushed the arc down instead of freezing it in place on this mountain. Also, as you mentioned, the... uh the, it's just impossible, um, atmospherically, meteorologically, for the the uh, water to have risen to the point where it would have been deposited at the top of a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't the guy who raised the Titanic have another theory that he investigated? He did. Um, this was Robert Ballard. He found the Titanic, as you mentioned. So he went diving at the bottom of the Black Sea to see if he could find any remains. And he didn't. But that's not to say that the Ark didn't exist and that it was never built. It could be simply that it wouldn't have sunk near the Black Sea. Perhaps there was a different locale. And so, really, it comes down to a question of, you know, how much evidence do people really need? It sounds like it comes down to a question of faith. There you go. So, if you want some empirical uh, answer to whether or not the Ark existed, you could simply say the wood disintegrated or skeptics could say it never really did happen but we know for sure that there was the possibility that the world could have flooded based on the annual rise and fall of the Tigris and Euphrates River or it could have been an ice cap whether or not anyone built an ark to withstand the flood is a question that I think people have to answer on their own if you want more facts about it you can read Did Noah's Ark Really Happen on HowStuffWorks.com 
For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.